Kia good afternoon, good evening, Wellington. You're on Wellington Access Radio 106. Point, Point one. one. <laughs> Just some teamwork there to start us off. Yeah, you're on B-Side Stories um, coming to you this evening. It's me, David, and I've got... Perrine, here doing teamwork. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, good. That's a good way to do it. Um, we've got two guests in this evening. Yes, action-packed evening in the studio here. Who do you have in the second half of the show, David? Yeah, coming up at about 5.30, I've got Alison Bartley from Bartley and Company Art Gallery, just down the road here on Gusney Street. Yes, you will promise to bring some artsiness to B-Side Stories this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the gallery, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting to Alison. And you, Perrine, who have we got? <laughs> okay, so today we have the first interview in what I hope is going to be a series where we chat to um, where we chat to young people with connections to Tiatiawa and Taranaki Fanui, mm. mana whenua in Wellington and Te Whanganui Atara. and uh, we yeah, I was kind of hoping that we could use this as an opportunity to learn more about the city we're living in and the people in the history of this city. So Sound, Sounds great. <laughs> great. So today our first guest for this um, series is Topuru Araki Brightwell, who is a tour guide at Te Whareawaka or Pōneki, among many other things, of course, which is the cafe and conference centre and cultural learning space of Te Atiawa, Taranaki Whanui down at the waterfront, as most Wellingtonians would probably know. So, kia ora. Uh, kia ora koutou. Good to be here today. Would you like to start start off by introducing yourself with your pepiha? Yes, yes, I'd, I'd love to. Uh, no reira, uh, he mihi nui ki a koutou katoa, uh, ngā whānau mai uh, te whanganui ātara, uh, ko Tōpuru Ariki Brightwell Toku Ingwa, uh, ka uri o mai te Tairawhiti ki Tūranganui Ākiwa, uh, te taha o Toku Papa, Toku Taha Māori, um, tāna māma uh, nō te whānau rua taupare, nō rongo whakāta, uh, Toku Kuea, uh, Toku Koro, uh, tāna taha uh, mai Ngāti Raukawa, Ngāti Mitunga, uh, Ngāti Toa. Uh, nō reira, tēnā koutou katoa. Um, Ai, toku taha uh, nō tahiti, toku taha māma, um, ka uri au um, ki Hawaiki, uh, ki ngā motu o tahiti, eh, reatea e mōria, uh, ko tapu-tapu wātia te marae ki reira, nō reira tēnā koutou katoa. Kia ora. And so, um, in terms of a quick um, translation of my introduction, um, just a brief one, just to acknowledge my ties to the land and, and the, my tribe and my ancestors. So, um, quick breakdown is that, um, so my ancestral lineage is both Māori and Tahitian. Mm-hmm. And so I first acknowledge my Māori side. Um, so my grandmother um, is from the East Coast. Um, so she is Rungo Whakata, Te Whanaurua Taupare. My grandfather ties more to these ways. Mm-hmm. Um, my Ngāti Raukawa, Ngāti Mitsunga, and also Ngāti Toa. Um, so that grounds me in this space around here. Um, working with um, 
the Etifari Waka and Tiatiawa Taranaki Fanui um, is amazing because not only that um, I do something that I love, but I also get to connect with my side um, on the side of the island of Teka Maui at Tika. So yeah, it's been yeah. Awesome. And so you grew up on the east coast and then moved down here in more recent months. Is that right? Or years, I should say. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> Not I, months. I have um, been here for twelve years, counting. And so um, I came as one of the uh, those students, kind of ambitious and uh, looking for a new path um, through my studies. And so um, my my main degree is a Bachelor of Design. And so at heart, I am an artist and yeah. a storyteller. And so in terms of my storytelling side, um, I, love, I love telling stories. I love uh, characters and drawing them and all sorts of things. And so when it came to my role as a tour guide, um, I think the, my natural um, knack of telling stories and fascination with, with our stories, our people, kind of came naturally to me. And so far, it's, yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah, okay. So your job at Te Farawaka, can you tell us a little bit about, um, well, how you ended up getting that job? And then we can go into a little bit about the job itself. That'd be great. Sure, sure. Um, it's quite amazing, actually. It's um, one of those those moments it was meant to be. And so, um, so first of all, um, yeah, so I left I left a job that involved uh, working at supermarkets as a merchandiser. Right. Yeah. Um, and then so I retired from that and went to uh, work in income. Yeah, and so, <laughs> retiree, um, love it. Yeah, and so, you know, did the whole thing, you know, two weeks notice to work in income, hey, you know, um, yeah, doing this and that and that, and they're like, great, great, and actually they're very supportive. Yeah. And so when I went in to see the case manager, um, his name escapes me this day, but he's a, a Pacifica man, um, he pushed me onto this program called the Te Aroha Programme. And the Te Aroha program was a uh, program set up by Te Atiawa, Taranaki Whanui, um, to help young Māori uh, find the confidence in themselves, connecting themselves to their roots as Māori, to go out there and find the work they need to find. Um, so it was a one-week program. And so essentially um, we would gather um, at the either at the Whariwaka or at Hikuekue, uh, which is the headquarters of the iwi here. Is and that added? Out at Petoni? Yeah, Petoni. Or, oh, okay. And we'll go through sessions for um, building our strengths, finding our weaknesses, um, and, and kind of, yeah, grounding ourselves within the realms of uh, tikanga Māori, um, reconnecting us with our land, with the land. Mm. And with that gives us the strength and confidence to go out there and yeah, find the mahi that we are looking for um, in that. So it was to build one's self-confidence. Mm. And that was run um, by... Um, a very uh, influential man to me, especially to to the iwi, um, Bing Ngai. And so um, he he's worked on the program and and set it up. And through that, um, he discovered me, and <laughs> and found out uh, who I was, and yeah. he knew my parents directly. <laughs> and oh, from that's cool. that, yeah, he saw. I think he just saw something in me. Yeah. Um, that will contribute to to where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do um, here in Wellington in terms of telling our stories and and, and strengthening our presence here yeah. in Te Whanganui Atara. So when the course finished, um, I received a phone call from Ben, um, and essentially it was an offer for a, a fixed term contract to uh, work at Te Whare Waka Tours um, and to help assist with the activities there. Mm. Uh, and eventually um, that grew into um, something bigger where um, I eventually took on a full role 
as a tour guide and administrator um, at the organisation. And yeah, it's been a blast. Yeah. And so what's the kind of, um, what's your day like at the, at your work? Do you kind of, are you out on the water every day or you, so you do waka tours and walking tours? Yeah. Yeah. So we do waka tours, walking tours, and also uh, we assist with any uh, cultural engagement um, that's required. So uh, for example, um, someone needs a welcoming ceremony at our establishment, uh, we would uh, offer that and mm. have a representative um, attend to to go through the proceedings in in the traditional welcoming ceremony to do that and other other forms of that, um, and so the other parts too. Yes, our walking tours, our waka tours, um, our waka tours are very popular, especially during summer. Yeah. And so the, the natural natural increase, especially you know visitors to Wellington, is in the summer period, and so in terms of um, how many times you know we hit, hit the water, I'd say um, in summer you're looking at about probably four or five times a week. Um, sometimes we had a seven-day week where we had the walk around. Really? Yeah, yep. last season it was very busy. And then walk tours. Um, our walk tours are more actually more popular in the winter. Yeah. So you know, in terms of walk tours, you might get two, three a week. Um, and every year's uh, quite quite amazing because it's, it's, uh, there's always an increase in demand every year. Right. And so it's getting pretty busy. And um, yeah, uh, the and what we offer. Um, at our tours is, is something unique in the way that it's it's from the iwi, told by the iwi, and also it, it acknowledges the history here in Wellington, which which also had a direct impact around Aotearoa at the time as well. Mm. So for people listening who are mostly Wellington-based um, and might be wondering if that is this just for, you know, Americans who don't know anything about New Zealand history and... Um, Wellington history, or do you think that Wellingtonians would still learn a lot from coming on one of the waka tours or walking tours? Absolutely. So our our tours cater to all visitors, uh, local or far and wide, or mm. Ngāhoe far, as we'd say it, from the four winds. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so a good example is, um, so if we get a, a group in from the United States, which, which we do, we get a lot of um, groups come in, um, mainly retired, and they come in, and when they arrive to Aotearoa, they come straight to Wellington, and we'd be their first point of contact, especially with iwi or, or Māori. Mm. And so we, um, yeah, we really go to the to the ground based stuff where we, you know, we go through all the steps and you know how how welcoming is done, uh, what it means, um, and any questions they have <coughs> about Māori culture. Uh, we provide an environment where they feel comfortable asking these questions, and even if it is awkward. Um, doesn't matter because we we're there to provide that information, yeah, um, and to teach people about our, our you know who we are and what place we have here in Aotearoa, um, and then for more the local groups as well, um, that's great also um, because there's actually many many parts of history of Wellington beneath the city and around us. Um, in terms of like the kind of content, there's so much content around even in things you don't notice. Um, there's just constant information that we keep spilling out, you know, even with just the first few stops around our building before heading out around the waterfront. And we find in terms of local groups, um, I'd more tell it to more information that kind of more relates to the to anyone that's from here. And everyone always gets a piece out of it. And there are a lot of things that people don't don't um, know about their own city, you know, which is which is common. And so what we provide is a bit of like a, a history of, of the area um, told by the Māori perspective and also uncovers the layers beneath the city 
which presents that as well. But our tours are not just looking at, uh, looking to the past as well. We begin in the past and then we progress um, the contents of, of our tours to the present. Mm. And then we reflect on on our past, but also what what has what it's brought us to today. And I think that's a really important message because if you see how far we've come today in Aotearoa, um, you know, of course, there's still a few things to go through. But if you look at in terms of the celebrations we have, the the promotion of our language, you know, uh, the ongoing progression of our presence, uh, Māori Language Week coming up is a very good one. Um, right. We we have a parade through the middle of, of Wellington, you know, that acknowledges Māori language, and then also the Matariki fireworks, for example, just to name two. Um, everything's yeah, it's it's all it's all progressing. Yeah. And the presence of Tifariwaka on the waterfront is also testament to that. Yeah, it's a real mm. hub, isn't it? It is a real hub. Yeah, and mm. a, probably a good way for people who are yeah just walking past to be like, oh, what's this? Or you know, might want to come in and start off having a bowl of chips and then end up <laughs> checking out the waka and yeah. Yep, yep. That, that's the thing as well. So um, yeah, the the fari, because it, it acts as a as a fari tapiri, um, a gathering place, um, and I always see it as a cultural centre, and so very much so. So someone will come in, they might have a coffee or something to eat, um, they'll see our waka presence outside, um, sitting on the ramp, and so uh, what they'll do is it, it always sparks a lot of curiosity, and there's always been an underlying kind of thought people have is like. Um, Oh, should I? Am I allowed to touch this, or am I allowed to get close mm-hmm. close to our waka and things? And the thing is, we break down those barriers because if people come to have a look, we welcome them in. They can have a look, and eventually, if yeah, if they wanted to book a tour to learn more about our waka, to paddle our waka, um, and and um, look into the meaning of why we paddle and, and what it means to us, because it means more than just paddling a canoe, mm. and a canoe means more than just a, you know a canoe. It actually means a lot more things than that. Um, which always goes down to identity in the end, yeah. Mm. Mm. Just wondering if you would um, share a story with us, one of your, like a, sto- a local history story that um, that you like telling to guests to the waka or to Wellington. Um, sure, sure. Um, well, as um, I'm flat, my brain is flooded with stories at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually, one I, one I like to pick in particular. Um, so, in terms of um, this story and also this historical figure, um, this figure is called Kupe. So, Kupe, for those of you who don't know, is in our stories uh, the first Polynesian navigator um, to discover Aotearoa around 700 AD. And so in terms of uh, kupe in relation to Wellington, to Pōneke, um, it's quite significant. And so when kupe was exploring the North Island upon their arrival here, uh, travelling down the East Coast, um, they arrived in this area, the harbour especially. And there are a few, quite a few places in Wellington itself, uh, from Cape Pallister, uh, Wairarapa down, all the way through the Channel, um, our islands, all the way to Island Bay. There are actually many names there that signify Kupe's presence in Wellington. And that's due to when they arrived here, they actually um, set up camp here for a little while to gather their provisions before travelling further to the South Island, but also up around, eventually to Hokianga, far up north. Yeah. And so is this like a fleet, are we talking, or one big waka? So in, in terms of our stories, our waka always references one waka. 
Yeah. However, if you look at it from a, a, the, a historical perspective, especially migration, um, I would have believed it would have been a fleet. Mm. And the name Kupe um, wasn't just restricted to, wasn't just one person. We believed it was a title given to a, a chief navigator um, or a master navigator that, that, that led a fleet or group of people from one place to another in the Pacific as well. And so, yeah, Kupe's story is very important here. And that's why we have a statue out on the waterfront. Mm. Um, it's been placed there to welcome our guests um, into Wellington and then into the harbour. But overall, it's actually to signify his presence here. And the main thing is uh, the islands. So the islands in the harbour, um, they are named after his daughters who were on the vessel with him at the time. And um, the big one's called Machu, or Machu Sones, uh, which is an animal conservation run by Doc and mm. owned by the iwi. And then you have the little island next to it, Mokopuna. And then uh, far near the channel, Ward Island or uh, Makaro. Um, those are also the names that we gave in, gave to our rooms inside Te Whareiwaka as well. To oh, acknowledge wow. those islands yeah. in our history here. And so, yeah, those names are very old and have been around for a very long time. And then finally, I think another major landmark that's featured in Wellington is Red Rocks mm. uh, or Parifero. And so that is also another significant site of Kupe. Um, it is also another place where his people uh, settled and gathered provisions while Kupe went south to chase the great um, Feke octopus. And um, the sad start of their story is that it is said that when Kupe um, took too long to come back, so his daughters feared that he was um, lost at sea or perished going to the south. And so it is said that the Red Rocks is a reference to when his daughters... Um, kind of cut themselves to mourn his loss. Ooh. And so the, yeah. the term Red Rocks or Parifero yeah. is the name of that location. It's a very yeah. special area as well. Yeah. Mm. And, oh, that leads us maybe nicely into talking a little bit about your artwork. Because oh, yeah. you did some, so you, as you said, you've studied design and you like storytelling and art. And um, you did a mural down at Orfedo Bay, down near... Red rocks? Um, no, no. So that's that's <laughs> one and that's one being planned. I'm, I'm kind of planning it. Okay. Um, that's that's to believe to be on the um, the art studio. I work at. Uh, right. I have my studio space at. Yeah. Um, still ongoing, but essentially. Okay, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, essentially, um, this mural is going to depict Kupe's uh, presence here oh, in Te Whanganui okay. Uh, which will tell his voyage and his presence here, as well as the um, events at Red Rocks, uh, because the the location of the studio is actually around the corner from the site. So it's in very close proximity to the South Island and that particular point of interest. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And so if listeners do um, want to check out something that you've already done, there's um, is there something at the moment? Is there one out so in, in terms of the um, artwork I have in public, um, the only one out at the moment is at Hikoikwe, uh, yeah. okay. um, on the main gates facing the beach. Mm-hmm. And so the, the centre is uh, an image of uh, one of our waka named Potu. Potu is the name of one of our kaumatua, uh, Sam Potu Jackson, um, who was a great figure, a great rangatira of the iwi. Uh, who helped make many of this happen. Mm. And so um, the waka was created and named after him in his honour. So I painted the face of that waka so that he'll guard the gate and watch over the people of Hikoikoi and the harbour. Right. Um, and then there are two different bits of artworks attached to the side of the gate. 
Um, both represent two different double hole waka. Uh, one is Temato Maui, based in Hawke's Bay, which is a traditional double hole canoe yeah. that arrived here la- uh, uh, that arrived here many years ago. Um, and also the other one is the Naolofa, which is a Samoan double hole canoe, which came here last year as part of the Festival of the Yachts. Ah, oh, and the yeah, overall the coupe. yeah, the yeah. whole art um, display on the gates actually to. Uh, as a homage to to that event in February last ah, year. Okay. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess we're pretty much out of time now. But just before, well, we've still got you here. I'm just wondering if you are now, if you consider yourself a converted Wellingtonian, or do you think you hear the coast, the east coast, calling back to you, or maybe Tahiti, or what's your plan for the next? I, What's the next plan? <laughs> I always hear home calling out mm. to me, uh, especially Tahiti. Um, my, my deep roots lie there the most, I believe. Um, however, I do consider myself a Wellingtonian. I've been here for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, I love the city. I love the culture here. I love the people. Uh, the diversity as well is amazing. Mm. Um, and also the history. Like, um, learning more Every time about the history here, it always fascinates me. And so, um, yep, I do consider myself a Wellingtonian, um, and this is my kainga, my home. And um, I'm probably going to be here quite a bit uh, longer as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good for us then. (laughs) But you can still, I'm sure, explore those other links and connections too, I guess, and... Yes. Yes. All the best in that. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. And um, yes, if people do want to come on a tour or find out more, they know where to find you. Down at the Whariwaka. Down at the Whariwaka, right on the Wellington waterfront. Um, Can't miss our building. Got big jagged spikes on it. (laughs) Um, Those spikes represent sails. Ah, And the building itself is a waka. And the whole message of a waka is we're all working as one. We're all in the waka as one, going through the same journey as one. And uh, and the roof itself, very iconic. Can't miss that. (laughs) Kia ora. Thank you so much.